Hello there, and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz with Brayden podcast, a show to encourage and empower creative CEOs just like yourself through actionable legal, tax, and financial topics. I'm Brayden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator, but you can just call me Brayden, your gay best friend, here to help you unfuck that biz. If you're ready to dive in, grab a notebook, maybe some coffee, and buckle in to learn how you can implement solid strategies to build a profitable business. All right, friends, welcome back. As always, this is your host, Brayden. And today I am joined by a friend of mine, Kelsey Christine, who is the owner of Launcher Daydream, a website design company for photographers. Kelsey, how are you doing? I am doing great. I'll, I'll be honest, I'm a little nervous because I don't know what to expect <laughs> with this, but I trust you. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's going to be chill. So we actually have, I haven't done one of these uh, interviews in a little while. It's been probably... I don't know, maybe like four or five months, but we kind of go, we kind of go through cycles. So we have a few of them batched out um, for the, well, Kelsey, this will be good for you to know too, because I just kind of um, twisted your arm to come do this interview. I think <laughs> I haven't really given you any information, but for our audience as well, um, all we're really doing here is we're going to look at Kelsey's profit and loss statement. I'm going to ask questions about it. We're going to talk about numbers, but before we get into that, Kelsey, um, Tell us a little bit about how you got into business. What's your origin story? Okay, I will try to condense this as much as possible. But um, Launcher Daydream started back in 2017 is when we launched it. But I launched this business with a business partner. And it's funny that we're here again. I'm on your podcast because I was on one of your podcasts way back in the day. Yeah, why, did we, why did we, we were, sorry to interrupt this story, but what did we talk about last time? It's funny because we were talking about forming a partnership. Oh, business. right, right, right. And okay. spoiler alert, everyone, it's not a partnership anymore. So, um, so yeah, it's been quite a journey, but Britt and I joined forces. We met back in 2015 online and uh, swapped services and really clicked and noticed that um, a lot of our clients needed each other's services. At the time I was doing brand design, she was doing website design. So we started collaborating. And then like after about a year of that, we were like, why don't we just make this easier on everyone and merge? So we merged our businesses launched Launcher Daydream in 2017. This was all before we had ever met in person. So that's a fun, fun little anecdote. Um, and then, so yeah, we ran that successfully as a partnership for just over five years. And then this past year made the decision to split. Always like to give the disclaimer that we're still friends. Everything's fine. There was no drama. <laughs> it was just a, it was just a decision that was made. Um, so, so yeah, I'm in a totally different spot now. And um, as of this year, I've been running it by myself, which has been a big change. And so, uh -huh. yeah, the, I'm excited to kind of see what comes of this because I'm sure I could use all the help I can get. Well, we're going to talk about it. That's why I thought it would be an interesting interview because we can chat about like what the numbers looked like when you were in the partnership and what the numbers look like now that you're not in the partnership and if anything has changed. Mm -hmm. um, Kelsey, before we hopped on this interview, I was trying to remember, and I really have no idea like how, when, and where we got connected. Do you know? I feel like it may have just been like a Facebook group or something in like 2019 maybe. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I felt like maybe there was a mutual connection or something. I know that we have mutual <laughs> friends, but I can't I can't remember who came first and what. But yeah, it must have just been one of those internet connections. And I used to live in San Diego, but I don't 
but I can't remember. I think okay, by the I time we met, that. I was. Yeah, I forgot that because we've been internet friends for years, but have we ever met in person? No, unfortunately. And we lived in the same city. That's so funny. Yeah, but I, I don't know if we connected until after I like because I moved out of San Diego in 2017. So. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, um, gotcha. Okay, so, so yeah, I must have. That was after. Yeah. But that's why we have a lot of common connections. Yeah. Right. Well, and also just, you know, this like internet spaces. I feel like so oh, small. yeah, we have a lot of a lot of overlap. Okay. So launch your daydream. It does exclusively web design on show it for photographers. Why did you like I call that like double really like, well, double niching. I wouldn't say triple niching because I don't think web design's not a niche. That's just like the business. Mm -hmm. And then show it is a niche. And then photographers mm -hmm. is like a second niche. So why so specific and narrow? Um, it's just kind of happened over the years naturally. I mean, I always vouch for the power of niching down in your business. And I mean, I admit I didn't do that when we first launched, we were kind of just doing brand and website design for creative entrepreneurs. And then over the years, as we started to work with different industries and get a feel for what worked well for us, um, we knew that it was smart to niche down because it makes it so much easier um, for us from a marketing perspective. It's so much easier to talk specifically to one type of person for one type of service. Um, and then it in turn just kind of helps open the doors to more of our dream clients. So over the years, just kind of, it just naturally happened. I'm, I have, do not have a photography background. Um, I've just grown to really understand the photography industry from like a website strategy perspective and uh, photographers make my job a lot easier because their whole <laughs> portfolio is nicely edited. It's cohesive. Um, so, so yeah, that's just happened over the years. And then um, working with, with show it, it's just, I mean, you would think that they pay me to talk about them because I talk about this platform so much, but it's just the best website platform, um, in my opinion, um, from a creative perspective. And I mean, for a lot of different reasons, but so I, I niche down to that and I actually do kind of have another layer because I technically only now do template customization, show it template customization for photographers. So it has gotten very, very specific. Um, okay, but, cool. but yeah, it's, so do they have uh, to buy working. a template from someone else before they work with you? Or do they buy one of your templates? Um, so funny you ask, because I actually have a new like brand and website launching in a few days where some of that is changing, but thus far it has been, yeah, they purchased from someone else, which I actually have seen as a, um, kind of a, benefit or a positive thing from from just like the business model because it's allowed me to collaborate with and kind of highlight other designers mm -hmm. and so it it's interesting because a lot of these people would probably technically be considered my competition I suppose um other show it website designers but um but it's it's opening a door for us to collaborate so a lot of them have you know we've set up kind of affiliate programs where um i still only choose ones that i really love their work and know that their templates are solid but um it i do get an affiliate kickback and so that's been a pretty cool uh, collaboration there but i am starting to introduce some of my own templates as well with this new rebrand so how much how much do these templates tend to run and what are the affiliate like what's the affiliate percentage Oh my gosh, they, it's truly across the board, like in general, if you're just talking about show it templates in general, cause there's some that are like, well, some are free. Some are a couple hundred. The ones that I typically, um, work with are upwards of like, let's say like 1250, I think like mm -hmm. a typical show it template. And 
what is my book? Per- I think I get somewhere from like 15 to 20% for different. Um, okay. Yeah. So I get like a, few, bucks. a couple hundred bucks every time. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty nice. nice. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's, we're going to dive into the numbers. Are you ready? You still nervous? A little bit. I mean, not really nervous. I'm just also, I'm, I think I'm more so nervous that I'm not going to be able to like provide enough information. Cause I'm so like, this stuff just goes over my head and we have, um, been working with, we've paid someone to do like our bookkeeping and our taxes for the last few years. So I feel like a lot of it, I'm kind of like yeah. not fully in the know of, you know what I mean? Are you still paying that person? Um, yeah, I mean, we have, we use, a we currently use bench accounting. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Are you on their old pricing or their new pricing? How much do you pay per month? I think 300. Okay. Is yeah. That old used, or new? It used to be 150 and then they like doubled oh, it. Gosh. Yeah. I know. Um, but they supposedly like do more. Um, we do for full service bookkeeping for, well, not I shouldn't call it full service. There's things we, that we don't do, but we do bookkeeping for 400 a month. So I might send you okay. a sales pitch someday. I'm so down for that. Yeah. I'm I think so down for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they don't use, I know bench, cause that was going to be my question. You don't use QuickBooks then cause bench uses like their own software to do the bookkeeping. Right. We right? did, we did use QuickBooks at one point, but the, I think the last like two to three years we switched. Okay, cool. I'm going to have to take my Apple watch off in a second. I got like Instagram group chats popping off left, right, and center. Oh my Are you gosh. Any of those? Popular. No, I limit my time on Instagram these days. Yeah, probably for the best. My Apple watch was yeah. just like sitting uncharged in a box for like months. And I just put it back <laughs> on this weekend. And now I'm like, oh yeah, this is really distracting. Okay. So we're looking at 2023. You sent me this uh, yesterday, which was June 20th. So a, just slightly over halfway through the year, is this, um, is this statement for like end of May or was it, is it like actual year today up to like the exact day? Um, I would guess probably end of May because they do the books at the end yeah. of each month. Oh, okay, cool. to log, log I also just realized that. it's not halfway through the year until the end of June, right? That's how, that's how math. That's how, <laughs> right? Because right. then we'll be done with six months. We'll still have six months to go. Okay, so not we'll, we'll five twelfths through the year are the numbers that we're talking about. Um, okay, so year to date, your total revenue is at thirty two thousand. Does that sound correct? I mean, I'm assuming so because you know, uh, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, when tends to be? Do you have a, Do you have a busy season? Or a slow season? Is summer your slow uh, season? Yes, summer is usually slow season. And I will say this year has been rough. Like un like unnaturally. It, the first few months of the year, I was panicking hardcore, like yeah. applying to other jobs. So I don't know what it was about this year. Um, it might have been a mixture of me just putting in less effort with marketing, but I think also I don't know if there was just something with fear of the recession or whatever, but I, I, a lot of people I talked to were struggling with inquiries at the beginning of the year too. So, so yes, typically summer's slow, but this year the whole thing has been slow. Um, and I typically pick up at the end of the year into the like end of Q4 beginning of Q1 is usually the busiest for me. Okay. Yeah. We're like on the same page then I'll start to see a pickup in August, but then like Q4 and Q Q4, like by far probably would be my biggest quarter. But then in Q1, we also like are doing taxis and shit. So people oh, are right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So 
Yeah. Well, you mentioned it being slow this year. I was actually on a mastermind call with my, some of my peers last weekend and it basically just turned into a therapy session about everyone talking about how this year has just been bullshit oh for my everybody gosh. Okay. Um, in the no. wedding industry in particular, someone mentioned uh, a few of them mentioned cause they, they all have overlap. So I don't well, think and see a lot of my, a lot of my clients are in the wedding industry. So if they're not making mm-hmm. money, they're not going to want to spend money. So it kind of, right. yeah. Yeah. Cause I've That's heard so people, I heard people say that le- like inquiries are down for wedding professionals and then like the educators then, you know, see a ripple effect from that. It's wild. Yep. Okay. So where would you normally expect to be at this time of year? Or you stated differently, like what's your revenue been like in years past? Um, I would say probably around closer to 50 because, um, Brit and I, for a while were we had, we were hitting like 100k in revenue for the year mm-hmm. and so um so that was kind of the goal but we were actually increasing that like I think my goal last year was like 120 and so I would have liked it to be probably like double where it is right now to be right. honest did you expect for the revenue to dip though when Brittany was like no longer in the partnership because now you're just one person doing the marketing as opposed to two people yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> although I'm trying to think like, it's so hard to think about the timeline of things because it was, you know, like she was still working with us for for a while when, and like just the timeline of her actually leaving versus when we announced it versus prices raising and things like that. Um, yeah. So initial, initially you're right. Like, yes, I would expect that. But now since then I have really streamlined my process and I'm getting ready to raise my prices. So I'm hoping that I'll be able to get back up to that um, on my own, but were you doing a, like a lot of the heavy lifting on the marketing before? Like what were your, what were the roles between the two of you? Yeah, I would say, I mean, we were definitely doing more when it was both of us. Um, We would sometimes kind of like, I tended to do more of the social media stuff and she would do like blog posts and stuff. Um, We never really, we had invested in ads and things like that when we were trying to do some passive income. And we, we went through a phase where we were doing a lot of different educational content, but we've never really run ads like for our services or, or anything like that. Um, so most of our quote unquote marketing was really just like posting like blog posting and social media posting and trying to keep up with like an email list. But I'll admit we were kind of doing the bare minimum with that. So yeah. All organic marketing. Are you still doing your email list? Um, I am, I have big plans to ramp that back up with this rebrand. I've been working on it over here. So, so we yeah, gotta, I'm, I'm, gotta, we got to get the email list, right? Like the money's, it's in, so the, good. money's in the email list. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There's potential there. And I, wa- I watched a masterclass from um, Tonic Site Shop, who's one of my like design partners. And um, it made me kind of excited again about the idea, like you can have fun with email newsletters. Like they don't have to be super boring. And so right. I'm trying to have a new mindset with it and be like, this can be fun. I can be real. I don't have to yeah. be like a sales robot. Like I just want to be myself and talk to people and make friends. And then maybe eventually they'll want to work with me, you know? So, um, so I'm just trying to like, look at it. Well, differently, I, guess. I have a friend, if you end up needing the help, it's funny, but I say a friend, it's really, it's really just like a person that I know. Like, I think we're Facebook friends because, you know, sometimes when you see someone on Facebook and you're like, I should probably connect with them. So you like add them as a friend, but then you mm-hmm. never actually do reach out to them. So like in my yeah. mind, we're friends. 
I don't know I if she a lot really of people like that. Yeah. Yeah. But her name is Liz Wilcox. And I'm just going to shout her out now because I was going to say you might really like this, but some of my listeners might get use out of this too. I should sign up for her affiliate program because I know she has one. But she has a $9 a month membership where she gives you templates every single week for you to send to your email list. Which is like okay. pretty wild. Yeah. I'm gonna write, write that name down. <laughs> yeah. I think she has like a thousand people in her membership. But the way that she writes her templates, I think she gives you like several each week and then they're customizable enough that, um, you know, I don't think people will notice that they were templates to begin with. Right. And, you know, I don't think there's that much audience overlap. Okay. So let's get into the expenses. <clears throat> we won't bury the lead here. Your total operating expenses was $12,350. Net profit of $19,500. I'm not going to do exact math, but roughly speaking, if we like made a pie chart, you would be like two thirds profit, one third expenses, right? Right. Um, How do you feel about that? Do you ever, do you ever have like goals when it comes to profit? Is it even something that you think about or look at or analyze? Um, honestly, not really lately. My main goal has just been making sure there's enough in the business account to pay myself the same amount every two weeks. <laughs> and so, how much is that? How much do you pay yourself? Um, currently 1750 every two weeks, but I would love to raise that. My rent continues to increase here in Nashville and, um, yeah, I would just like to be making more money. Oh yeah. That's, I would imagine Nashville would be pr pretty, uh, pretty pricey. Um, so 1750 every other week. So roughly oh, 3,500, 3,500. Yeah. 3,500. <laughs> that's not my strong suit. Is that right. I think that's right. Okay, cool. Is that the same amount you've paid yourself in years past or did you have to decrease it because your revenue is a little bit down this year? Um, no, it's actually, it's actually increased a bit since when Britt and I were on payroll, we were doing 1500 each. Well, I, so I guess, yes, overall that's because it was 1500 each. Right. So yeah. So it was like almost double, but like for me personally, I'm actually getting a little bit more. Um, but that was because I had a real nice, beautiful, big buffer in the business account. Um, but after I did like a payout to Brit when she left and then, um, taxes were terrible for me this year. And so now it's gotten to a place where it's a lot scarier. So, um, so gotcha. yeah. did bench do your tax return as well? Um, no, we work with, I don't know where we got this person from, but, um, we work with Revel CPA. They've done ours for like two years now. They're in Chicago, I think. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it was it was my fault with the taxes. It was a, per, a personal thing that um, right. that Did got you not me take not. Um, well, kind of for <laughs> this one specific, I had so I had like three different jobs last year, and there was one you won't believe this. I had a cat sitting job that I was just like, oh, this is fine. Like I'll just pay my taxes at the end of the year, not thinking I was making that much money. I made so much money from that job, but then it like attacked me for tax season because I was not paying taxes on it because I was just thinking like job it was pretty freaking lucrative was this like through like an app like through rover or something like that well no it's so it's an actual company like I was I was an employee but but yeah it kind of works that way but like we had an app that we used and stuff but it was like I was an employee of this company and then well if you were an employee just, they should have been paying your taxes for or you or no maybe oh maybe it was a 1099 thing yeah, but so I mean like a contractor 
versus just like signing up for an app. I mean, like I had a boss and stuff um, and it was like someone would set my schedule. So that sort of thing, it felt more like more like a job job than um, than like using Rover or something. But but yeah, it was it's so funny because that job ended up causing me so much anxiety and stuff that I would I was like cat sitting. This was supposed to be my fun little side job. This is why we tell people, this is why I always tell people, you should be paying quarterly taxes on any source of income not subject to tax withholding. So if you don't get yes. a paycheck with taxes withheld, we got to pay quarterly taxes on it. Because yes. we, we've had a lot of students in our programs in similar situations. Usually they'll have multiple freelance gigs. Or mm-hmm. we had one who was also a full-time web designer, but was a part-time like um, pole dance instructor. And then her oh, husband yeah. also had freelance income. And then they also had a rental property. So it all, you know, like adds up. And then when she would get her bill, she was like, oh, I'm paying like 50% tax on my business. And I'm like, no, you're not actually. It's just you're letting your business pay the taxes on like four different sources of untaxed income, which is what ends up happening with a lot of people. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So um, $12,350 in expenses so far. So pretty easy breakdown, really, because you don't have like a ton of different categories. The two biggest ones by far, you have $4,000 to professional service expenses. Are those your fees to bench or somewhere else? Oh my gosh, that's a great question. I was trying to think what that could be. It's probably is. It's probably bench um, and then like actual tax preparation. Yeah, and then also, income. and then I've also started paying like um, Brit is still doing my SEO for my clients. So I outsource that. So I pay her per client and things like that. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Okay, cool. You also yeah. have $3,600 in marketing and advertising expense. What would that be? <laughs> I don't know. I knew I wasn't going to have answers. Big deep, Kelsey, think about it. You got to think about oh, it. Marketing. What would I call marketing? Well, if you open up your bench account, you should be able to, ideally, you should yeah. be able to click on it and then it will show you everything they have categorized there. Okay, great. Let's try to do that if I can. Yeah, let's do that. While you're doing that, okay. I'm just going to run through some of these other things we're probably not going to talk about. $135 okay. in bank and ATM fees. That's probably just like credit card processing fees for all your client payments. Um, $71 oh. in business meals. Um Posteds and shipping. That's a negative number. That one's kind of weird. Taxes paid $200. Um, travel expenses, $170. So those are all pretty low. What do you got for me? Um, I'm having trouble logging into my account. Oh, okay. All right. No problem. <laughs> Software and web hosting expense, $1,100. Is that just what like, you pay to show it? It's probably um, not just show it, but I'm trying to think like what other... Um... All the other like, like online, yeah. All the here. other like monthly things that I have, like um, yeah, those add up. Flowdesk and Canva and Adobe and that kind of right. stuff. Right, right, right. Do you oh like Flowdesk? Yeah, I do. I'm starting to finally like kind of get the hang of it more. Um, yeah, I like. I it. just I find myself that they have a checkout system now. Oh, really? Yeah. Like to buy, like to purchase directly through email? Yeah. So you can, well, yeah. So you can like create checkout pages for offers, but they didn't Mm. allow you to put, um, I'm going to have to like message the show or the 
Flowdesk people and tell them this is a problem. They didn't have like an option for you to create different terms of service for like each different things that you sell. And obviously as a like, contract person, that's a problem. Huh. Okay. I don't know why I'm having such a hard time logging into that. I literally log into this like multiple times a month and now when I'm on the hot seat, I can't do it. <laughs> it's okay. We're gonna, well, I'll pause. I'm going to pause the recording real quick and then we'll come back. All right. Well, we're back. Quick pause. Kelsey got logged into her, her bench account. You got to do password reset, all that bullshit. Um, all right. So marketing and advertising expense. Do you have that pulled up? Yes, I figured it out. It's because I um, have been working on this big rebrand this year. And I guess that's what we're categorizing some of the, Oh yeah. I would have actually, I don't know if that would have gone under the like professional services or not, but like I outsourced, you know, photography and brand design and stuff like that and copywriting. So that's cool. what that is. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then you have independent contractor expense. I would have assumed that's the money that you're paying to Brit, but that could be something else. Do you know? Okay. It looks that's like that's where, that's where my copywriter went. These are just like, these get automatically um, categorized unless they ask me what the category is. Right. So that there was a couple things I outsourced to Upwork. Um, and there's someone that I outsource uh, tech help to a couple times and that's in there too. Okay, cool. Yeah, what I what I would probably do is generally speaking, professional. So this is very weird, but professional services is usually like just lawyers and accountants. Oh, okay. And then I would put everything else in independent contractor expenses. So like your I was gonna say web designer, you're the web designer, but your photographer, if you hired anyone else to help with your website, like an SEO mm -hmm. person, the money that you're paying Brit for client SEO. And then the copywriter, that would all go in one category because those are all your contractor expenses. But another thing you can do, this is what I recommend to most of my clients and students, is I like to differentiate between contractors you're hiring to do projects for the work you're doing on your business and then contractors you're hiring for work you're doing in the business. Mm -hmm. So projects you're doing for clients, that would be one category because that is almost... It's not technically a cost of good, but it's similar to a cost of good. Does that make sense? Yes. Because yeah. if you on average are taking like $5,000 from a client, but then you're paying like your copywriter 500 and your SEO person 500, then your net profit just on that singular project is 4,000. And that's a good number to know. So if we separate those contractor expenses, it's just like a, gives you an easier way to look at your numbers. Okay. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So generally speaking, all these categories you have on here for tax purposes, it's like fine. It's whatever the IRS like doesn't really probably care if you got mm -hmm. audited and they were like, well, this is technically an independent contractor expense. Then you're like, well, okay, well, they're both 100% deductible. So like, it doesn't fucking matter. Like it right, right. For taxes, um, but it helps when you analyze your numbers. So this is why when we hire, when we use QuickBooks and don't really look at the auto categorizing or we hire someone else and don't really see where they're putting things, then things are just going to go where they think they go, which mm -hmm. like bench doesn't fucking know. They don't know what your business is. Right. Exactly. And that's why yeah. I'm clueless about what's going on with my money. <laughs> yeah. So we got to You got to You got to get in there. You got to tell them to shift some things around. Right. Yeah. So now yeah. as you build this business on your own and you think about the profitability and you want to increase your your 1750 payments to yourself, 
then mm -hmm. we got to look at the numbers and see where you could cut expenses, where your opportunities are. Do you have a breakdown in there of your income? Because on your income statement, you just have total revenue. Can you click on that? And are there any subcategories? Um, sales revenue. Um, not really categories because it's all just showing up as like Stripe, you know, but I can tell it's, I mean, it's, it's just, I really only have two types of services. And so it's what that. Are, what are the, your two types of services? Um, the whole shebang, which is the show it template customization. So that's like getting a whole website. Um, uh -huh. and that's currently priced at 3000. Um, and then VIP days, which I currently had priced at 600. Both of those are increasing in the next five days. Nice. Um, but, but that's what the majority of, of these are. And then every once in a while, uh, I'll have like a return client who I will just bill hourly for like random things. So there's a couple like 300s in here and, and then you like have that. affiliate income right yes yeah so not that you asked but what i would do if we were like reconfiguring your books is i would have a category just called like design work and then your subcategories would be like full customization vip day and then hourly so there's like mm -hmm. three subcategories underneath of design work and then you would have other income and under other income you'd have affiliate income and then if, you know, like you that. like ended up doing any other stuff, you could put that there too. Yeah, um, that's smart. Because that way we can see like right now, I feel like where your revenue is, you probably just have a good intuitive sense of roughly how much money you're making from either of those services. Like mm -hmm. what do you make more from the full, like the full customization or the VIP days? Um, I mean, it feels like full customization, but that's just because the. You charge more. <laughs> yeah, it costs more. So it's like, oh, it would take way more VIP days to to make up that. But lately I have been booking more VIP days. So um Yeah. So like maybe in the last like couple months, I probably made more from VIP days than and which one's than more profitable. Other. I guess I would have to figure I'd have to do the math of how much time I'm spending, right? right. Yeah. Um, because the VIP day is technically like eight hours. Um, oh my God, it's a long time. Yeah. I mean, For $600? I take $600. Well, it's going to go up to 800. <laughs> it oh was a beta price. It was a beta price. So I could test it out. Um, I was going to say, you could but... probably charge like 2K for that, like easy. Oh my God. I get, I get scared to charge too much. That's another, that's another conversation. Yeah, but, mean... um, but yeah, no, I'm, it's just one day I sit down. I mean, but it feels good to be like, okay, I just made, 600 bucks like I don't know but um but yeah so I have that and then I don't know because the websites now I have it streamlined to be a week-long process but if I actually calculated the hours it's I'm definitely not working the whole week on it it's like two pretty heavy days up front and then a couple days where you know I'm going back and forth with them and then kind of handing it off toward the end of the week to just yeah. connect the domain and stuff. So, so I don't know, I'd have to like sit down and figure out actually how much time it's taking me to do I mean, one of those. I, I feel like you could so easily charge like 1500 for a VIP day and like 5,000 for the customization. But I mean, my fear was because <laughs> I'm, because I'm doing template customizations, I worried that people would be like, 
why don't I just pay someone to custom design a site then if I'm already paying $5,000? But I guess some some people are charging like crazy amounts for websites yeah, like, these days. I was going to say, a lot of the web designers I know that do full website design charge like 10K. Oh my God. But it depends. I mean, it, it depends. It depends, right? Well, it also depends like how much work you're doing for them. Like, are you creating, yeah. custom, are you, do you also do branding as part of that at all? Not branding, but I do a lot. I do a lot. I know that it's worth the value, but I just have a hard time. Like, and sure. I, and I, I think I communicate it well, but it's just, yeah, it's hard for me to to put myself in their shoes and be like, sure. Yeah. 5,000. But yeah, I do that. I got the SEO covered. I help with their website copy. I basically pull all the content together for them. Um, and while I don't do branding, I help with the, like, if they want to kind of utilize the template, you can kind of get a new brand aesthetic just from using the template. So if they want to switch up their brand, they can achieve that with the template. And I also often end up customizing the template further, like moving canvases around, changing layouts. So I am really customizing stuff. I, I kind of, it's more so bet somewhere between your typical template customization and a custom website design. So um, yeah, it's really all in the positioning, um, but I guess, you know, it's a, it's just a fear. <laughs> yeah. It's a yeah. fear that like people won't, won't want it. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, everything comes down to like position, positioning, messaging and how you sell it. Right. Because right. I mean, I feel like most of the copywriters I know would charge three to five K to write the copy for the website and the designers would, you know, start at that rate. So even if your process isn't as like people love to throw around the word bespoke in this industry, which is like one of my pet peeves but even if it's like not as bespoke as a full copywriting service a full web design service it's still like you're getting all of these things that's amazing okay that's true yeah because I guess it's it's really probably more so just like self uh you know self-doubt or something because I'm like I'm like oh but I'm not a copywriter like but oh, I, and am... I was gonna say the the SEO that's like a two thousand dollar individual yeah. project too yeah because I'm looking to hire an SEO person for my website and I was planning to budget like 3k for it probably for like a for like a foundational like getting you set up with yeah because they need to do all the keyword 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 research go through our like our pillar blog posts tell us what keywords we need to add in there more like figure okay. out how we can rank all that stuff then do the, you know the general like the general homepage of the website and all that bullshit so yeah we do that's all in there yeah. So. Yeah. Um, what was I? Oh, okay. So we're kind of done, kind of done with the PL. I might think of more questions, but right now, pretty good, pretty simple, not too complicated. You provide services, you don't have a ton of overhead. Um, your website, I mean, obviously it's really cool because you're a website designer, but Thank it's you. pretty funky, pretty fun, pretty fresh. And I'm probably gonna piss off a lot of my own listeners, but they can just deal with it. A lot of photography websites are just like, they're very same Z, you know, it's yeah a lot of white. It's just like a lot of white, a lot of script fonts. It's mm -hmm. a lot of um, light and airy photography, which, you know, like pop off if that's what the clients want, like right. that's what you need to show them because that's what they want to pay for. Um, mm -hmm. Because your own brand is a little bit more bold. Do you get to design more unique websites for your clients? Like, do they come to you for that? Um, It's interesting because thus far, We've always been a little more bold. We've been like, 
more bold than the majority of the other website designers out there, but still like kind of holding back a little bit. And so I would say, yes, sometimes people book us because of that and they want a more fun, bold design. And so they believe we can do that for them. But I still get tons of light and airy, very like basic beige you know yeah. but like a, a luxury and Just so ethereal luxury I have to imagine yeah. those are the words that are right true. right yeah. which again yeah like you said pop off but I'm like not maybe not for me like so um that's that's another part of this whole rebrand idea is that I'm like being a lot more forthcoming with me like my style and my aesthetic and trying to attract more people who want the fun stuff who want to stand out who are trying to push boundaries in the photography industry so I'm hoping that once I unveil this whole new thing it will start to kind of bring in more of those people um just because I think you know I can do a great job on a light and airy ethereal website but I think it's going to be more fun for everyone involved if we're all like aligned and excited about the same aesthetic so right yeah I feel that okay I'm on your old mm -hmm. website now um I need to every time I look at someone else's website I'm like I need to make my own website more dynamic but I think it's just after you look at your own website for long enough you're just like kind of over it so that's oh probably gosh, how yeah. I am at this point yeah <laughs> okay Kelsey well that those are all the questions that I had Final question for you. High pressure question. Get ready. Buckle oh, no. in. Um, as you may know, I have a Facebook group called Braden's Besties. If everyone wants to be one of my besties, they need to go join the Facebook group. If so if someone wants to become one of your besties, what's the best place for them to do that? Oh, my gosh. Um, I would say Instagram at Launch Your Daydream. And um, I'm always down to email to hello at launchyourdaydream.com. Just like shoot me a message. Let's go work. Okay. Love it. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on, letting me share thank all you. of your numbers. I appreciate it. It was really fun. Yeah, it was fun. I feel so much better. <laughs> good. Thank good. You. Perfect. Thanks. <laughs> hey there. Before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.